Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joe, we are live. What's up, everybody? March 20th edition of the Holy Smokes podcast. Yours truly, Joe Farrow, joined alongside, as always, my co-host, managing editor for Fightful MMA uh, and everything Fightful, Sean Ross Sapp, who's just absolutely grooving with that that salad on his head. What it's been a there? year now, a year since I decided to, to grow this out. Uh, I lost a friend about a year ago who battled cancer, and I didn't get to see her for a long time before she passed away because she lost her hair and that and some family members kind of motivated me to grow it out. But, uh, man, this is, this is what a year does. Now keep in mind my wife who has had long hair her entire life, my family full of hairdressers never told me until two or three weeks ago, Hey, if you trim the ends, it actually makes your hair longer the longer (laughs) you grow it because it's healthier. So it, it should be longer than this. Ah, but anyway, I digress. Are you going to trim it? Um, no, I don't know. But apparently some big <laughs> Daniel Bryan news just dropped, and I can't do a live update. Hot dog, what is going on? Do I need to know? Apparently Daniel Bryan uh, has been cleared medically to return, and this is that's huge. fucking huge. Yeah, that's huge. I know it's an MMA podcast, ladies and gentlemen, but we are a crossover site. Wow. Uh, and that is absolutely massive. So, cool. Yes. Um, my God. Daniel Bryan cleared to return. I have to send this email out. You kick off the show, Joe. Yes, while Sean does that, we're going to recap UFC London uh, and what went down over there. There were some good fights there, man. I hope people enjoyed it. Uh, it, it was interesting to see some of the reaction uh, from a lot of the different things that went down, to be honest with you. But uh, we'll get to that uh, in a moment. Uh, Ashley Evans-Smith will join us. Uh, if you don't know, it's going to be a fun clip, to say the least. Oh, yeah. uh, at least uh, Alexander Volkov, he defeated Fabrizio Verdum in the main event at UFC London. Uh, he wants a title shot. I don't think he's going to get a title shot, but 
Uh, my goodness, uh, it, it seems like every week or every two weeks that goes by, there is a fantastic update to the UFC's heavyweight division. Uh, we will discuss that. Sean and I will kind of break down, break that down um, at length because he knows exactly what I'm going to ask him. What does this mean for Cain Velasquez? And we'll get Sean's thoughts on that uh, as well because this sport is completely passing Cain Velasquez by, in my opinion. Uh, Cajun Johnson, who won, who did emerge victorious, um, very split decision against Stevie Ray, had a lot of negative things to say about the London crowd and kind of blames Dana White for it. But uh, we'll get into that as well. Uh, Christian Cyborg kind of gives, I guess she gave Amanda Nunes a deadline for their fight. I mean, hashtag silly if you ask me. Uh, Arlovsky, you guys hear about this? Andre Arlovsky taking on Tuivasa, so old school versus new school. Is that going to be a passing of the torch? Because that's not going to be an easy fight for Andre Arlovsky. We'll see if Tuivasa uh, can handle uh, the veteran Arlovsky. Uh, lots of talk of Mayweather uh, in the UFC. There's already been some odds that have come out for Conor McGregor, who's obviously a massive favorite should that fight actually take place. Uh, Darren Till, back, finally. He's headlining UFC Liverpool. We'll get to that. And we're going to hear from Michael Chiesa as well. Sean, ready to rock and roll? I mean, as ready as I can be when the biggest wrestling story in years breaks, but here we go. Well, tell the MMA... Tell the MMA fans for a second that I mean that is huge news. But oh, for yeah. MMA fans that don't follow professional wrestling, they may not even know what it's all about. What it, why the significance is so big? Daniel Bryan was arguably the most popular, not even arguably, was the most popular wrestler in WWE, like from a crowd perspective, as far as universal positive reception. He actually did some training with Billy Robinson in Extreme Couture and has been training for quite a while, like uh, as it pertains to grappling, MMA, stuff like that. This is a big, big deal, and we are two weeks away from WrestleMania. So that is even bigger. He's been trying to get cleared for three years. I was there when he forfeited the Intercontinental title due to uh, concussion-related issues. And I saw people crying in the Cincinnati crowd. It was it was insane. So that is big. I mean, people thought he was going to be a free agent later this year. And WWE did not want him to be a free agent. And uh, just like that, whoo, boy. That is giant. I will be going live with another podcast right after this. Obviously, this show was going to be abbreviated anyway but my yes, god it'll be a shorter show because uh i mean the next big show for the ufc is ufc 223 and dan that's gonna be a fantastic show two title fights on that one there we're gonna enjoy that one a big time uh but that doesn't go down till i think it's april 7th if i'm not mistaken yeah, april 7th uh but we can recap ufc fight never doom versus volkov uh, a variety of different things to talk about on that show i enjoyed it uh, I, I know a lot of people enjoyed it as well. Some people had some negative stuff to say about it, uh, especially, um, I mean, it's kind of cool. The very first fight of the main card goes to 359 uh, of the third round. I mean, that was fantastic. I, have, I think uh, UFC is on a roll inside the cage. The yeah. last four cards yeah. have been awesome, I thought. Yeah, well, two fights went uh, right to the last minute, so or last second. So, uh, I mean, what are the odds of that happening? But it is what it is. I mean, Leon Edwards, Peter Sabata, um, I like that fight. That was a fantastic fight. I think Subata and, and you heard the uh, you know um, Dan Hardy basically say the game plan was sort of incorrect for Subata as he went into this fight here. But Leon Edwards very patient, very patient at the last second, literally at the last second, pulls off the TKO. Yeah, and we we saw some more of this on that show too. We had the latest submission and KO in three round fights in UFC history. That's pretty damn cool. Um. Th- even even before that, on the pre the prelims, I want to mention 
Uh, Magomed Ankalev, who is a big prospect, got beat by Paul Craig in 359. And Cajun Johnson, who we will actually bring up in a topic later, uh, I liked I liked his promo. But Leon Edwards beating Peter Sabata. Man, that's, that's a good one for uh, Leon Edwards. He has won five in a row now, Joe, and he has won seven of his last eight. I don't think they're going to run any shows in Jamaica anytime soon, though. Yeah, I I didn't <laughs> like him taking down Sabato, though. Like, I mean, he should have kept that fight standing up. I think he wasted way too much time and energy. Uh, then again, he felt safe. When you're, if you can feel safe in a black belt's guard or a jiu-jitsu black belt's guard, okay. Uh, but if your strength is in the stand-up, I would have kept that fight standing up. Nonetheless. He pulled off the victory, so so good for him. I think he's doing pretty good. That welterweight division, it's like the lightweight division. It's so stacked. Uh, you got to stay on a roll, and he's on a roll for sure. Yeah, he he sure is. And Peter Sabata is quite an opponent for Leon Edwards. So this wasn't just some fly-by-night type of win. Uh, neither was Jan Blahovics beating Jimmy Manoa, and that was a good fight. And Jim, uh, Jan did exactly what I didn't think that he was going to do at times and stayed in there and slugged it out with with Jimmy Manoa, and he's, he's the 35-year-old light heavyweight, and he was on the verge, as we mentioned, of getting cut less than a year ago. We're talking like April 8, 2017. If you would have cut Jan Blahovic, I would have been like, okay, yeah, sure. He's 2-4 and four in the UFC. He's lost four of his last five. All of a sudden, he's come back, and he has beaten uh, Jared Cannonier, Jimmy Manoa, and Devin Clark even before that. And Devin Clark looked... Looked like he was on a roll before he ran into Blahovich. So uh, that win, I can't, I can't underscore that enough. But what my real question is, what does this mean for Jimmy Manoa, who started out fourteen and zero, now three and four, his last seven, lost two in a row, not looking that hot. It's going to be a long, long time before he can get in the title picture, if ever. And he is not getting any younger. Yeah, that, well, that's the thing right there. That's what I was going to say. He's 38 years old, uh, and it's you know, Father Time is going to get the best uh, of guys that slug the way Jimmy Manoa slugs. I mean, he's going to be always considered by the UFC a fantastic fighter. Sorry, not a fantastic fighter, an exciting fighter because of what he brings to every single fight. He's there to bang. He's there to knock somebody out or get knocked out. He will go out on his shield or he'll just he'll flatten somebody. So I think the UFC you know put some cadence into that. They do like that. The only problem is, is that at that age, you, you can only take so much, right? If I mean, it's, it's not like, you know, Jan is any younger. He's 35, but that's still four years uh, of, you know, he's not in his prime, and it's a division that lacks a lot of depth. But at the same time, when you go, when you start going toe to toe the way Jimmy has pretty much his whole career, it eventually is going to catch up to you in a way where your body cannot take those punches anymore. You have it in you. Your heart can take it, but your brain can't. And when he got rocked in that first round, because he was looking damn good in that first round until he got rocked, and it was just downhill from there and very, very challenging for a guy of that age to recover. If he's in his early 20s, I mean, you see half these guys get tagged. Like, yeah. Duquesne got tagged, and he just kept going, right? Like, I mean, that Terry on the fight was... Duke and I call him whatever. It's French. Yeah, it's... come on. You live in Canada. Like when yeah. when I told Jimmy that I didn't know any French, <laughs> he was surprised. Although did did I did I elaborate on that story with you? No. Once upon a time when I was in high school, a friend of mine and I watched the first 15 minutes of Harry Potter in French because we thought it was some weird nerd wizard language. <laughs> before so, we were, before we caught on and I was I went like full Kel and Goodburger. I was like, I know some of these words. 
Yeah, here they teach you French uh, right across the – oh, at least I know in Ontario, but pretty much across the country you are taught French in English-speaking schools all the way pretty much until grade 9 or grade 10. Now, when you look at uh, Duquesne's last name, we are taught that N-O-I is pronounced Noir. If you see well, N-O-Y, it's Noi. So we look at that and we say Duquesnoy, when in reality it's Duquesnois. In uh, most in most situations in Kentucky, at least where I go to school or went to school, you have your option between French and, and Spanish. And I was fortunate, unfortunate enough to be in the last class that didn't mandate that moving forward. <laughs> and there was at one point I was – I thought, man, I'm going to need to learn Portuguese about four or five years ago. Maybe it was about six or seven years ago when I was getting into MMA media. Glad I didn't do that because since then it's become a lot easier to just hire somebody who speaks Portuguese to translate your stuff. But um, also on this show, we had Volkov. You could say a bit of a comeback in beating Fabricio Verdum because Verdum and Volkov were going back and forth. I didn't think that either man looked particularly great, but I didn't think that either man looked particularly bad either. There was nothing about this that made me think that Fabricio Verdum can't still hang in the top 10 of the UFC heavyweights. But Volkov winning is what the UFC needed. They needed the 29-year-old former Bellator champion to go 4-0 in the UFC. And he's talking about a title fight. I don't think he gets it because you have Cormier and Stipe already, but he's in the conversation. Yes, uh, amongst other guys. I mean, that, that, I mean, does he vo- go to the front of the line? Uh, of all these contenders, like, I mean, we'll talk about Derek Lewis um, and Francis Ngannou momentarily. Guys, over in the live chat, uh, just to answer you, answer you real quick, uh, Mark Diekelman, uh is Sean doing another podcast about Daniel after this? Yes, he is. Yes, he did I mention am. it earlier on. So if you just joined us, uh, Sean will talk about uh, Daniel Bryant uh, being cleared uh, after this podcast. Obviously, huge news in the world uh, of professional wrestling. Uh, to continue on the MMA topic with Alex- Alexander Volkov, who was somebody that Sean was speaking highly of for quite some time. But now UFC fans that weren't really paying attention uh, to his career prior to joining the big show, he's a fantastic fighter. And, he, I mean, let me ask you this. When that fight, when Verdum got that fight down to the ground, did you think that's it, game over, it's all done? I didn't. Uh, I thought that that was his best shot, but I didn't think that it was over because Volkov is on that level, in my opinion. They're... I, I think UFC should assign Volkov, Minikov, and Ivanov, and anybody else that can throw an IOV on the end of their goddamn name at this point. <laughs> it, I, I do see him at that level. Now, he did get beat by Czech Congo, and the Tony Johnson split decision was whatever. But uh, based on what I saw from him against, like, Smolderev and, I, gosh, Ivanov even. He tapped out Ivanov. I didn't think, even though that's not necessarily where we see him go a lot because he's so comfortable striking, I didn't think that Volkov was going to be too far into deep waters. Although Verdum can switch that opinion of someone very quickly, like like a Fedor Emelianenko, for example. But at 40 years old, I just I, I think we're going to see a downslope of for Verdum, and we have to a degree, but it, it's just Volkov's time, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, uh, just the way he would push Verdum down to the mat, like just like get out of get get that garbage out of here, like just just yes. 
lift his leg up and be like, get out of here, get out of here. So it just seemed like Volkov was on a different frequency than Verdum in that fight. Verdum sat obviously afterwards with what he posted uh, online, but at the same time, we're starting to see almost a change of the guard, the changing of yeah. the big names in, in the UFC's heavyweight division, which is what sometimes people actually want. But you take a look at some of these names, whether you have Volkov, um, uh, Francis Ngannou, Tuivasa, um, uh, Curtis Blades, these guys are almost like taking over. Yeah. Cain Velasquez, who you maintain constantly over and over again, shouldn't even be ranked in the UFC's heavyweight division. Um, I don't know. I didn't check to see what number he is right now. But you talk about the sport passing by a former heavyweight champion who's been sidelined for what seems like forever with injuries. I mean, what does all this mean for a guy like Cain Velasquez? Are we expecting him eventually to come back uh, and restore order? Or are we expecting him to eventually come back and, and – you know, get an ass whooping for Kane. Uh, for Kane, it, it's the same question I always have when he comes back. How does he look upon that return? If he looks like he did the, his last fight, oh boy, that's trouble for anybody. Or at least when he gets in the cage. But I haven't even heard anything about him coming back at this point. Well, there was news a while ago that he was cleared, his back surgery went well, he's ready to go, he's training, look for an imminent return. But that feels like it was 2016, 2017. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, if far, he's retired, retire, man. Like, come on. He's fought twice in four and a half years yeah. since since that uh, since that Junior Dos Santos win at uh, UFC 166. He's only fought twice. He's only won one fight. That's why I don't think he even belongs in the top ten at this point. This heavyweight division, it, it's going to undergo some major changes. You've written about it. I've written about it. And we're seeing names like Francis Ngannou, Derek Lewis, Curtis Blades, Alexander Volkov, Junior Albini, Albini, and one of our favorites, Taito Ivasa, who is fighting Andre Arlovsky soon. That's a good booking, in my opinion. That's, yeah, I it's, mean, it's... Well, the UFC has almost been kind of like, they've been super nice uh, since our loss, we came back, but they've been kind of like, okay, like eventually you have to lose, dude. Like, can you just lose to somebody with a name and then we can bring them, we, we can build them uh, off of your name? And he just keeps winning or at least putting up fights where people are like, oh, okay, that wasn't supposed to happen. And he continues to do it. So um, Tui Voss is going to have his hands full. You know, I, I don't think it's going to be an easy fight, but, you know, again, <laughs> that boy throws mean, mean leather with a lot of mass behind it, a lot of meat behind his punches. Uh, we'll see if the, the, you know, the KG veteran in Arlovsky can some way somehow deal with it. But, yeah, we'll see what's up with that. I'm looking forward to that fight for sure. Yeah, I, I like the booking. Arlovsky has won two in a row. He's a former champion. And Tui Vasa pushed himself into the top 15 conversation. I mean, he's the top 15 fighter now, but pushed himself into that conversation. And I just, I just like the, the booking of that as well. I also like the booking of <laughs> Ashley Evans Smith against uh, Beck Rawlings. And Ashley Evans Smith did not mince words when she spoke to James Lynch about her opponent. Check it out. At one point I could probably hawk a loogie and make 35. So, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to give this 25 division a shot. And I saw what the, the final factor was. I saw the Roxanne Modafari and um, the champ now. I'm sorry. It's very disrespectful. Uh, but no, I, Nico Montano. Nico. And I saw that fight and I thought it. I didn't say anything. But then a lot of people came up to me and were like, dude, if you go down to 25s, 
it's a very open division knowing that a lot of people were going to come down a lot of women were going to come down from 35 and up from 15s but i just you know it's a challenge you know i've always made weight i will always make weight um it's an open division i feel like i'm kind of a voluptuous 135er so i could use to cut a little little weight and yeah and i'm doing it the right way so why not awesome uh, let's talk about Beck Rawlings. How do you feel like you match up against her? She's got the seven and seven record. Is she seven and seven? Yikes. Um, I mean, she has a few more fights than me, but uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. You know, I always take my high school wrestling and my college wrestling competition into play because I just been competing for a very long time. I don't know what she did before her fight career, but even you know, I get nervous, but I just you know, it's just another night for me, realistically. And I just, I think that uh, our matchup is good. You know, I, I don't think that she has any one discipline that's better than mine. She fancies herself a boxer, I believe. And, you know, I, I think if we, even if we just boxed, I st still think I'd outbox her. I'm a wrestler by background, but it's not like I don't work on my Muay Thai and my boxing. So I think without trying to sound cocky, I am shocked that she actually took the fight against me. She's coming off two losses. I'm always obviously going to be the bigger girl probably going to be the stronger girl i've never fought her you know but i know some people that have um and i just uh i just think it's going to be a bad night for her and i mean I, I actually this is probably the first time that i have a little bit of personal um not vendetta but i'm actually personally invested in the fight usually i just don't give a f you know whoever they they match me up i'm like all right let's go but you know i really just don't like the girl that much at all so what about her don't you like just out of curiosity the the biggest thing is that i feel like she's a really bad uh depiction and role model for women's mma i think she's raunchy to put to put it like lightly and uh, that's the best word i think she uses sexuality way too much not i mean i've posted a few you know risque pictures but i think she overdoes it i think uh it's shocking to me because she has you know not you know, she has children too. And I feel like for me, you know, my nickname is Rebel Girl. And I would love to, to cuss all the time and, and post pictures that are kind of a little more risque. But I don't because there's young girls and boys and, and you know, even adults that look up to us. And I just take that in, into consideration, you know, and I don't think she does at all. And if she does, she doesn't, she doesn't care. So I don't like her in that aspect because she's, in my opinion, given uh, our sport, women's mixed martial arts, or even mixed martial arts in general, just a bad name. And uh, she's kind of a shit talker, and a lot of times she can't back it up, which is embarrassing to me, you know. I, sometimes I want to talk trash. I'm like, ooh, but then I'm like, ooh, you know, it's MMA. Anything could happen. Even My favorite thing about that clip was her saying that she doesn't like to talk trash right after she called <laughs> Beck Rawlings raunchy and a bad role model for MMA. I was like, uh, uh, sir, what'd you just do there? <laughs> but I, I – I like how blunt she was about it. She didn't make any – she didn't mince words. Also, she's dipping her toes into uh, MMA media, and she's doing pretty well at it. She's been doing interviews on her channel. I want to encourage you guys, head over – 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. check out uh, and this isn't paid I shouldn't be putting them over Megan Anderson and Laura Sanko have a podcast that they do after shows now Megan Anderson has a future in it yeah I mean um, Ashley I mean in, in talking to Frank Trigg uh, and his wife Jill they know Ashley very very well they're actually close friends with her uh, they have nothing but positive things to say about her and in essence what you see is what you get um, you know, we saw in that interview with James Lynch, she's just super cool, super nice, but she's going to tell you how she feels mm-hmm. and she doesn't give a rat's ass about anyone's opinion. So whatever. But in terms of Beck Rawlings, I don't think Beck's raunchy. Uh, I like Beck. My, my, my conversations with her have always been fantastic. I just, listen, she's had a lot of demons to deal with as well. Oh, yeah. uh, she's done pretty good. Um, she was in a very, if I'm not mistaken, a very, very abusive relationship uh, at yep. one point. I think the father of one of their kids or both their kids in general uh, wasn't exactly a kind human being, if you know what I'm saying. So she's gone through a lot, turned her life around. Mixed martial arts and martial arts in general have, have done a lot for her. But you got to do what you got to do to promote yourself sometimes, I guess. I like that she is recognizing the media side of things, and she has a wrestling background too. And that coming from a female analyst, ooh, that, that's good stuff. Because you don't see a lot of women that come from that background right now. Also, I mean, since her UFC C debut, you might not recognize the woman if you put her side by side with her upcoming weigh-in photo because she competed at Bantamweight and she just she just looks different. She she's one of those women. While she's not the greatest fighter in the world, if you see her in an airport, it's that type of thing. It's people's gonna go, I know that's somebody. It's the same thing. Uh, I had people tell me about Jessamine Duke, six foot tall, tatted up ripped you look at her and you're like i don't know what that person does but i know they do something and that, <laughs> that, that could be the same with megan anderson who i mentioned earlier too i had somebody ask me um who i thought would be a good transition for pro wrestling to mma and i was like well size is important to some degree and while colby covington would be a nice one i look at a megan anderson and i'm like oh she's six feet tall she's ripped she's got the tattoos She's well-spoken. She's charismatic. She can talk on camera. She's got a background. Uh, she trains with James Krause. If he can't come up with some creative stuff for you to employ in that cage, I don't know who can. But uh, I and I like these fighters that are stepping out and doing media on their own. Frank Trigg does it all the time. And, I mean, th- a couple of the women getting involved, I love that too. Uh, really, really like that, but... Cajun Johnson, who I said we were going to mention, won a split decision, and I'm sure the UFC is just fuming about it. <laughs> James Lynch did an interview with him recently that said that him joining Project Spearhead, Leslie Smith's organization, got him booted from the MMA FA. 
which uh, was the biggest goddamn waste of two hours I ever spent on a conference call in my life. I'll just say that. Uh, thanks. Shout out to MMAFA. But now Cajun Johnson has won four fights in a row, including two since he's returned. He has been on record saying that he thinks that fighters gain get disrespected like on social media, just in general, because they see Dana White doing it, and they think that that's normal behavior, and they think that's okay. I don't disagree with him. I disagree with him. I respectfully disagree. Yeah, because I think in general, uh, fans of any sport, if, if we want to just focus obviously on mixed martial arts, whether Dana White does it or not, they're going to do it no matter what. Because long before you know, social media with Twitter and Facebook and, and Instagram, uh, you know, Snapchat, whatever, got big uh, or kind of blew up. Before that, there was, you know, I, I I can't put my finger on the exact time frame when it took off, but I there was once a time I never had a Twitter account or an Instagram account and didn't even use it while I was covering the UFC back in the day. And even back then, people were ripping on fighters. I remember people calling Shane Carwin a meathead. Like, you're nothing but a meat sack. You're a meathead. Man. People ripping on on Frank Mir and people ripping on George oh, St. Pierre. And you, I'm like – You should have had seen my mentions last night when people were telling me that a Ronda Rousey throw wasn't right. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, because she did a move that you haven't seen before. She doesn't know how to throw people. Ronda Rousey, Olympic judoka, doesn't know how to throw people. I'm telling you, I mean, I, I told the story before on the podcast. I, I think it was before we turned it into the Holy Smokes podcast, but I, I, I've said it before. I'll never forget being at a Bellator event uh, at Rama, which is north of Toronto. Uh, and I'll never forget this guy in a plaid blue and white shirt, hammer, just ripping the fighters apart, calling them, you know, pussies and this. You're all garbage. You suck. Learn how to fight. And I'm like, Dude, do you realize you're watching some really good MMA right now just because they're in the cage and working on hand positioning and head positioning and blah, 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 blah doesn't mean it's not a fight. And, I'm just, and he was next to the media. I think James Lynch was there. And I'm just looking at this guy and people wanted me to get up and go talk to him. And I was like, he's drinking his beer. Let him do his thing. I'm telling you, when that event was over, this guy was getting selfies and pictures and talking to all the fighters, you're amazing, I'm a huge fan, and blah, blah, and I'm looking at this guy going, wow, I, I, you are the new definition of douchebag, scumbag, man, like, wow, so I get definitely what Cajun Johnson is saying that, you know, because Dana White does it, that, you know, fans will follow suit, I think fans are going to do it no matter what, whether Dana White does that or not, fans are fans, and, you know, because there's no connection, they're not going to yeah. have. They're never going to be face to face with that fighter that they're going to rip apart uh, on social media. They've got this freedom of speech thing that they can say and do whatever they want. And people have always given me crap, like why are you always on the fence or why are you so politically correct? Why aren't you saying this about that fighter, or that about that fighter, or Dana White? Because I got to see them on Thursday or I got to <laughs> see them on Friday. So if I can't back up what I want to say, I got to be careful. But if I do think that, you know what, something is controversial and I want to say it and I know Dana's going to look me in the face and say, hey, why would you say that? Well, here's why I said it and here's my opinion. I'm going to say it. But other than that, I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and say, you know, stuff like Verdum, you're absolutely garbage for always going to, to your back. Yeah. Well, no, he's, he's a jiu-jitsu fighter by trade. It's a smart idea for him. It may not be what the fans want, but that's what it is, right? So I kind of get, definitely get what, what Cajun is thinking, but I disagree with the assessment. 
I think that Dana White definitely accelerates it if he doesn't straight up motivate it. Because he this happens and it's it's been his thing ever since the beginning where do you want to be a fucking fighter type of thing. And a lot of people at home don't realize these guys are making weight repeatedly over the course of several weeks over and over and over again in the Ultimate Fighter house. We have some upcoming fights that may or may not happen. Lewis versus Ngannou might happen. That's a good one. I think Derek I love Lewis it. is in trouble if he takes that one, though. I want to see it. I'd love I to see too. that fight. Why not? I think it's a fantastic scrap, right? It's not like we have, you know, there's top 30 UFC heavyweights. Put those boys together if they want to do it. I mean, why not put together? When these guys are, are, are matchmaking for you and it kind of makes sense. Makes it easy. Makes it easy. I, Run with it, man. You know, I wonder what kind of a system Sean Shelby has set up, if any, for he and McMaynard to find out when fighters are available, not available. And if not, why don't you have some sort of automated system? Why don't you – or not automated system, some sort of digital system where fighters can update their status if they're hurt, if they're not hurt, if they're seeking a fight, where they'd prefer to fight, who they'd prefer to fight. I mean make it mandatory. You make whereabouts mandatory. Have them go in there. Hey, this is who I'd like to fight. And if you – like Tinder for, for UFC fights. Like just do it. Find out who's swiping right on who, and maybe you can create a spark, some magic there. Don't know why that's not set up. I'm sure they have a system. Uh, I don't think it's it's Tinder. I like the idea. No, not, I don't think it's Tinder. Oh. But I like the idea of the fact that availability, where I'd like to fight, I prefer location, sort of thing. Yeah, I like it. I don't. I, don't, I mean, I know Joe Silva had something going on, and obviously, you would assume that. Sean Shelby has adopted that system, if not made it yeah. better for himself or whatever he likes. And Mick Maynard coming into the UFC with his experience doing the same thing. I get it. I think it makes do, sense. Do you yeah. know what Joe Silva had set up or like what there is to that? Have you ever spoken to Joe Silva? Hell no. Nobody knows. Okay. I'm gonna Nobody see. but Joe Silva knows. That guy I... there was a special, just uber intelligent human being who was just kind of like – I would sit there sometimes. He was one of those guys that when he would speak, I would keep my mouth shut and just absorb and listen. And even yeah. chats I had with him on the phone, you know, I, I, I one time I called him from Sportsnet for uh, regarding a heavyweight, it may have been for Sean Pearson or something like that as well. And he he started talking and going and going, and I was like, wow, like this is this is like a moment where you're like, shut up, Joe, me, uh, and listen. He, he was just definitely on a, on a different level. The guy's just uber intelligent, man. Super smart. Yeah, and I, I'm going to try to find out what's going on uh, with like with that system. I'm, James Lynch talks to a dozen UFC fighters every week. We're going to figure this out. Also, Darren Teal headlining UFC Liverpool against an unnamed opponent, it would appear. I'm glad. I'm ready to see him back in the cage, and apparently it's going to happen in a couple months. Uh, yeah, uh, I should be texting Kamaro, shouldn't I? Seeing if that could be I a potential option. I love that fight, and that's, that's a headliner. That's a Liverpool headliner, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it'd be a great fight, but I think he does want Colby Covington, Kamaro does, so, um, we'll see. We'll see what's going to happen with that. I, I, well, what's today? Today's March 20th. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm going to see Kamaro, I'm going to see Kamaro. One second, Yeah, when am I going? Mania weekend, it's Mania weekend. Yes, oh, yeah, I'm going to see him. Uh, oh, wow, the weekend of the of the UFC pay per view. So uh, I will see Kamaro April 5th. 
So yeah, a couple weeks. You're right, a couple weeks, and I'll uh, I'll get it in person. Obviously, get it on camera. See what he says. If nothing has been announced yeah. by then, I'll, I'll kind of give the old showdown Joe rib shots. Uh, see if he'll give me some information. But yeah, that'll be Titan FC 49. But I, I'd Kamaru and Till to me would be a fantastic fight. Not good potentially for Till uh, headlining in Liverpool. Uh, but you're at, he's at that point now where he's got to fight big names now. You took out Cerrone. Um, stock value was at an all-time high. It's obviously dipped because we haven't seen anything or heard anything from him other until. I guess the past week or so, so yeah. we'll see. Chris Cyborg set a deadline for Amanda Nunez at two, UFC 226. Why is she back to this shit? This shit. She's the most inconsistent person in that regard. Somebody was saying, oh, Rousey versus Cyborg at WrestleMania in the future. And I'm like, do you know how miserable that would be to negotiate? <laughs> she wouldn't want to sell. She wouldn't want to give Ronda Rousey any offense. No, I don't want. I don't want to see that. Telling Amanda Nunes, hey, you've only got two months after your fight to fight me. Piss off, mate. That's one way of putting it. Uh, if I'm Amanda Nunes, um, she's four years younger than uh, Cyborg, if I'm not mistaken. Who? Right? Cyborg? Amanda? No, Amanda's four years younger than her, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to look. Uh, I mean, I could, I could be way off. I think, if, but listen. No, everything... Nunez is 29. She'll be 30 this year. And uh, Cyborg is 32, will be 33 this year. So close. Yeah. Listen, in that type of scenario, everything favors Amanda because the longer she waits for this fight, the older Cyborg gets. And Cyborg will be getting older to the point where her body won't be able to keep up that speed. Power will be there, but the speed won't be. So if, if, if Amanda waits long enough, it kind of gives her the advantage in the fight eventually, right? Uh, that fight happens now, very dangerous for Amanda. But Amanda right now, I think, brings a different ball game or different fight than, than Cyborg's potentially ever seen. I mean, she's fought Holly Holm, which is great, but Amanda is 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 – an absolute beast. And the longer this fight takes to make, I think the more it favors Amanda. So this deadline to me is fictitious. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. We all know Cyborg operates in a different frequency, but yeah, I, I don't see it making any sense whatsoever. Amanda can do whatever she wants. I mean, giving her a deadline to accept a fight before another fight's actually taken place. I mean, what if she gets hurt? Knock on wood, hopefully she doesn't get hurt, but she's going to go through a training camp and a fight. You would naturally assume she has to recover after that. So, like, come on. It's it's typical cyborg, and I thought this stuff was behind her. You know, there there's always these weird things. You know, like she'll dating back to the the Rousey thing when they tried to make Rousey at the Rousey cyborg at the Staples Center, and Rousey was probably going to lose that fight. Cyborg uh, Rousey had signed the bout agreement or gotten the bout agreement, and Cyborg's like, nope, don't want to go to one thirty five. Then a year later, she said, oh, I'm going to 135, and she never did. Then there was the hokey pokey with 140, 145. Her saying, oh, I only want to fight 145ers, not 135ers. Okay, well, where are they? Where are they? You beat them all, except for Megan, and well, she can't get in the cage, apparently. Now this self-imposed deadline, that's ridiculous. It's stupid. It's pointless. Um, not pointless is... Mike Chiesa flipping off Kevin Lee at the UFC Performance Institute. I'm going to put together a video of both sides of that story. But Chiesa also fights Anthony Pettis this April 7th at UFC 223. Take a listen to him. 
And how do you see the fight sort of playing out on April 7th? Not giving anything away, but I'm sure you kind of see how this is going to unfold. Uh, just me doing what I do best, man. Just making it ugly, coming forward, big punches, takedowns, clinch. I mean, he's, I ain't changing nothing, man. I'm just going to keep doing what I do, and I think it's enough to, to get the win on April 7th. Have you run into Kevin Lee at all the, at the Performance Institute? Because he's a Vegas guy as well. Yeah, I was walking in the PI today, and he was doing some type of, uh, I think he was doing his metabolic VO2 testing. I made sure to give him a friendly middle finger to walk by. <laughs> okay, so the bad blood's still there. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who, who wouldn't want to, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say it's bad blood. You know what I mean? I just want to kick the guy's ass, you know? Yeah, were you wanna, surprised you, know? you didn't get that rematch? Uh, no. The, the UFC, I mean, it's not very often that we see immediate rematches, you know what I mean? In, in, in one of these instances, it's like the lightweight division's backed up enough. There's got to be movement. So I think that, you know, I don't blame him for not immediately making the rematch, but, um, you know, our trajectories, we'll see if they meet again. And, you know, I'm all about a rematch. I mean, if it was up to me, optimally, I beat Pettis, he beats Barbosa. I'd love to rematch him in July, International Fight Week. So we'll just see how things play out. You didn't think we were going to do this interview without talking about some Seattle Seahawks football, man. Uh, that's one thing you oh, and yeah. I share. Uh, are you optimistic this season? What's sort of the, the you know the mindset heading into to, uh, 2018 season? Uh, you know, Seahawks are always a dangerous team. I think they're going to bring a – they always have a lot of weapons, and I think that we're going to have another good season, um, hopefully better than the last, obviously. The one thing I want to say, though, is I love seeing Russell Wilson in a Yankees jersey. I'm a Yankees fan, so oh, cool. I love So your, your two Russell. loves came together. That's awesome. Yeah, dude, I've seen him out there in that Yankees jersey. Like, dude, I got to get one of my own. I think he's number 27 or something like that, so I got to get one. You got to go find one in Brooklyn. I'm sure they, they probably custom make one for you or something. That'd be, that'd be perfect. There you go. That you would be perfect. So as we wrap up this extremely abbreviated edition of the Holy Smokes podcast, a little bit of news here. Ronda Rousey removed from the UFC rankings. About time. Yeah. Lena Landsberg is now in there. So now I'm thinking, let's go ahead and put Rousey right back in there. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And what is it with James Lynch? James Lynch gets a fellow Seattle Seahawks fan in an interview, mm-hmm. he's got to throw in the Seattle stuff. Ah, uh, James. Yeah. James yeah. knows I'm going to rip him for that. And if he gets a Vancouver Canuck fan on there, he'll do the same thing. James, if I start interviewing people all over again, it's going to be Toronto Maple Leafs, son. All, <laughs> all Raptors, Leafs, Blue Jays, Toronto FC. Oh, I love James. He's hilarious. couple more updates. Women's strawweight, Angela Hill debuts at number 15. Justin Lede at number 15 at heavyweight. Jordan Johnson, number 15 at light heavyweight. But, uh, Perhaps ranked maybe among the greatest boxers of all time, Floyd Mayweather claims that he's going to fight in MMA. The odds for a hypothetical fight between he and McGregor are out. McGregor at minus 900, Mayweather at plus 500. That is a steal on McGregor at minus 900. Do I need to go to the UFC rankings page to see if Floyd is now ranked in the UFC rankings? I mean, he... (laughs) By the time if he fights, he'll he'll belong in there more than some of the people they have in there. I could see some of the media ranking him, and I'm 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 being facetious, but I'm telling you, if if that was available, he's never competed once. I bet you there'd be media that would rank him. Oh yeah, oh definitely, definitely. There were a lot of weirdos who would uh, rank some odd people, like they were ranking Arlovsky after four or five straight wins. Does he bully? Does he? Belong there now? Sure, I'd have him in the top fifteen or whatever. Not not top ten. Not Arlovsky. 
But there were people that were ranking him in the top ten and all that stuff. And I'm just sitting there thinking, what are you doing, mate? What are you what are you thinking? What are but the idea of Floyd Mayweather competing in MMA, and I had some absolute douchebag. When I brought up a point when Heather Hardy was facing whoever the hell she was facing, and there was this miserable ground exchange. And I was like, this is a girl who's been training the ground for a little while. Not like a little while, about a year. It's like, what happens if Mayweather gets down there? And somebody said, yeah, I'm sure his game plan is to get a backpack. Shut the hell up. That's not what I meant. I meant, what do you think he's going to do when he's there with a guy who's been training the ground for 10 years? If CM Punk were to get Floyd Mayweather on the ground, how long do you give him? Uh... Personally, I think Punk subs him in under two minutes if it, if it gets to the ground. Now, if it gets to the ground, that's a whole different conversation. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, two minutes is fair. Maybe even less. I mean, if you don't know what you're doing on the ground, you're you're tapping out to mount. I give sake, I give right? Floyd Mayweather about a minute and a half with Nick Newell. There, there's a lot of people on social media saying forget about Conor McGregor, forget about CM Punk, Nick Newell versus yeah. versus um, Floyd Mayweather. Like, yeah, that could be like give him you want ninety seconds. 90 seconds. Oh, Nick Newell would just... Whew, what a night. I'm sorry, Floyd. Love you. You've Floyd been so... Would, Floyd would prepare but... to go after the side without a hand, and he would eat a head kick from that side. I guarantee yeah. it. Guarantee that's how it would play out. My yeah. God. Now, this this obviously the show cut extremely short, but we did get through all of our topics. Like This was going to be a short show anyway, Joe. And I've got a <laughs> breaking news Daniel Bryan podcast coming up right after this. Hot dog. Joe, what do you got going on this week? I'm not going to say anything. I've got my own stuff to take care of. I'm really looking forward to this uh, pay-per-view card. Obviously, i got to do Titan FC first, but go do your Daniel Bryan thing because I know that is absolutely huge for yourself and for everyone in the live chat that's been going nuts about it. So go do your thing, uh, and we will touch base uh, Well, next Tuesday, obviously at 3 p.m., but you and I can touch base whenever we want. Everyone, thank you very much for joining. Sean, go ahead. Guys, follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. I have a premium uh, service starting soon for Fightful where you all will be able to support us and get some extra content. We're not pulling anything from the site for that. We're just adding stuff. So you all are going to like it a lot. Uh, it, we're going to unroll that or unravel that. Roll it out soon. So make sure you check it out. And of course, check out Fightful.com and FightfulMMA.com. Until next time, guys, we are... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park
save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.